The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Come on. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Formulas with Sports Talk. We are live in Arizona. It is November 1st. Uh, Hope you guys have a good Halloween, safe Halloween. Did a little trick or treating. I know Alex is still in Halloween mode. He has on his orange shirt. Yep, orange <laughs> shirt. What you do for the Halloween? I, I had some friends from uh, Colorado. My old roommates from uh, Boulder came in. We went to the football game. It's not a good one for Colorado, but uh, we went out. I took him out on Mills. Good, good well, that, time. You know, that's the ASU uh, Colorado game. That was a homecoming too. Yeah. So that was a good trick or treat yeah. right there. Yeah. That was a good win for. You know what that win does for a lot? Uh, that pushed them in a bowl game finally. Mm-hmm. They haven't been in bowl games since '97, if I'm not mistaken. Yikes. ASU and Dennis Erickson finally putting it together. But these are the players. These are his his players mm-hmm. from four or five years ago. It's time for them to produce now. So they are, what are they, 6-1? and one? I believe, yeah. I mean, and they, and they should have went out, too. I mean, they should have went out and make it to the Pac-12 championship game. Well, they, they UCLA, they, they beat UCLA, or they got UCLA coming up. I think they have UCLA coming they up. They have UCLA coming up. So if UCLA win this game now, that could uh, that could keep UCLA, UCLA in the uh, Pac-West, it is. Yeah, they keep them in the Pac-West uh, as far as the champions are concerned. I don't know, all these different conferences and different names and stuff like that. changing I don't know the, the Pac-West, Pac-10, or, or, or what it's going to be. I don't know how to separate it or whatever. And I actually don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually don't care. I really don't care. Uh, because it's all it's, it's not as, as far as fans are concerned anymore. It's more about uh, how much money we can make off this. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't like to get Well, actually, I do. To keep hopping on the money they're making off this because it's only them. That's true. You know, you talk, you talk about not giving the players anything, but they get an education. But see, do the research on how that balances out. Yeah, we talked about that off the air a couple of shows ago about finding a way to finding a way to give them something, give the players something when it's not just giving them cash. Right, and we come up with different ideas. Uh, I know John and I and Deborah we talked about this after the show last week um, about how can you pay these players. And it's, it's going to be a tough situation, but ASU does win. They do win that game in Colorado. Uh, we do have a lot of other stuff to talk about. I do want to talk about the BCS rankings because Boise State is still uh, number, Boise State is still number five. Yeah, and and we'll get into that as the show go on. Uh, Boise State still number five. Well, they got jumped. They were number four and then got jumped because they had a bye, which I can't believe. I don't know why. If you if you don't play a game in a week, you automatically drop a spot. I mean, I guess it's also because it's Boise State because they still don't get respect. Ah, uh, pay as you been play. I guess it is. You you get jumped if you're not improving. So they didn't even get their chance to improve. Yeah. They, they had a bye week. But you know what? I, I don't, they have one tough game, and I think that's the TCU game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have that game. If they went out. I. I I just love to see what they do to these guys. Well, you know, one you know one team's going to lose with uh, LSU and Alabama, so that's one that's above them. Let's see, here's what's interesting about that. Where are they going to put the losing team? Uh, I don't know. Second or third? 
uh, you might put them at fourth. I mean, you, you, you never. It, well, it also depends on if if LSU blows them out or vice versa. That's uh, that's going to come into account, even though it shouldn't. It it, it will. Yeah, but I, I don't know. You talking about you talking about the SEC now. You talking about LSU, who's undefeated. You talking about Alabama, who's undefeated. Mm-hmm. Two good historical teams. Uh, this is like a semi-pro game right here. Yeah. Um, so you're not going to be able to put these guys because you want to generate money at the end of the year with these bowl games and this BCS. So it's going to be tough to not get these two chances, these two teams' chances to be number one again or be in that bowl game again, that championship game. Which there and there are a lot of teams that that's up there that could possibly be there. I agree. I mean, you have you have Oklahoma State, you have um, Oklahoma is still is ranked sixth. You have a lot of teams. South Carolina is making a charge up. They're in the top ten now. I mean, there's a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams that still. And Stanford, nobody even talks about Stanford. Yeah. And they're the ones that jump Boise State. Andrew Luck is a stud. Yeah, but I, what what is all this talk about Andrew Luck? Okay, so I was I was thinking about this. Now you have. Um, How long were you thinking about it? Uh, you know, at least 45 seconds. No, um, I was watching the game. You had the USC game. It was great game. Um, Andrew Luck throws a pick six to put him down seven in the fourth quarter with two and a half minutes left. Come back and uh, marches down the field and scores, which shows poise. It shows. It just shows that he's above. The, he's above the rest. But whenever they're on the goal line, it's not like a Tom Brady effect where, where they're running. Uh, they're running little outs. They're running little slants. They're giving the ball to the running back on first and goal. And usually with a prolific quarterback, you usually put the ball in his hands unless you have, like, a Michael Dyer in Auburn last right. year. And then you have you have this kid that, that's getting the ball. He's scoring touchdowns, and it's not all Andrew Luck, which, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad for him. Maybe if he had a bad, if he had a uh, poor running back, maybe he wouldn't be putting up the number that he is. I, I think Andrew Luck, who he is and what he's done over at Stanford, uh, the guys are just responding to him. They really believe he's going to win the, he's gonna win that game at the end of the game, uh, at the end of the time. But... They also want to be a part of that, so that's why they play well. So Andrew Luck is doing what I think a few other quarterbacks is doing in, in the uh, NCAA. Um, he's winning football games. He's he's rated top one of the guys that's come out because he could have come out last year as the first pick uh, as the uh, as a quarterback, but he didn't. He stayed in. So with that with that comes a lot of press, a lot of positive press, and he is well deserved. I, I've never heard anything bad about Andrew Luck. I've always heard good, good things, and I've always seen good things that that I've seen. Uh, but he's a he is a he is one of those top quarterbacks. But there's a guy over at uh, what's Brian Kelly over at Boise State. Oh, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Uh, he's what what is wrong with this guy? He still has to pass the ball. You can't just line 11 guys up there defense and say, make this happen right here. Andrew Luck would do the same thing. Put put um, Andrew put uh, Kellen Moore on a LSU or Alabama. Put him on the LSU team. Oh my God. He's still he's still one of the top. He he's a Heisman candidate and the top three picks really uh, in the NFL draft. It, it, that that's a big risk to take. I mean, if if you're gonna take Kellen Moore, Titus Young was his was his number one receiver. He's doing well in Detroit now. That's not, but receiver's kind of easier because you're either going to have talent or you're not. And then you have Kellen Moore who plays in probably the weakest, the weakest relevant conference. And I mean, it, it'll be really interesting to see if he can produce at the next level. But I think a team will take a chance on him. Play, he'll, he'll he'll be a backup for a few years, and then he'll get a chance. There's no wrong with going to the National Football League being a backup Correct. if you can learn. Now, uh, Peyton, uh, not Peyton, well Peyton. Came in as a starter, but he yeah. had his bumps and bu- yeah, he bruises. He started three and thirteen. Right, three and thirteen. This guy ends up 
if he never plays again, he won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's one of the more prolific quarterbacks that played in the game. He will go in the Hall of Fame. Sure. Um, just just off his body of work. Now, if you go to the National Football League as a backup, and you if you're willing to have that patience, most organizations have that patience when they draft these guys. Pittsburgh's one, uh, New England is another one, but New England draft these low round guys or third, second, third, fourth round guys to play right now. But mm-hmm. to give them time to play, give them experience to play. Some sure. teams draft them, let them sit and learn. Um, but when you get a guy like, let's say for Tebow, for example, they're coming out of the University of Florida, all these bad mechanics, then John Gruden all of a sudden thinks he's a quarterback guru and is going to make him a quarterback and fix his mechanics up. Impossible. Impossible when, from the first time this guy's ever put on, on the jersey, this is how he's throwing the ball. This was he. Who he is is what he's always been about as a running quarterback mm-hmm. uh, that made plays happen. Now, if I get if I if I go after this guy from high school to come to my college, that's exactly what I'm bringing him in for. So in the National Football League, a guy like Tim Tebow, he doesn't have he doesn't have the luxury to just sit and wait and watch. Right. He didn't have that because it was so much pressure that he won two uh, college championships. He's a high every record. Broke every record. Yeah. He will go in a Hall of Fame, college Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. uh, easily when as soon as he's ineligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh. he's not an NFL quarterback. Yeah, one of the things too, when you come straight out of college and into the NFL, I mean that's a major change in uh, just learning how to lose sometimes because these guys come out and they they've been on a winning side of things. Tim you know? Tebow, that exactly. being that guy. Yeah, and now they have to learn how to lose, and you know if they don't know how to do that, they can't come back from it. So yeah. they're just down the tubes at that point. Yeah. Another thing is uh, he's a victim of the Florida system. Name one quarterback that's come out of Florida in recent history that has done anything in the NFL. If you say Rex Grossman, well, I guess because he, he took he took a team to the Super Bowl. Rex but Grossman was a Chicago Bears. He went to the Super Bowl. It was a Trent Dilfer effect. You have defense. <laughs> you have a running game. That he didn't he didn't do much for that team. I mean, he had, he had he had a few good games down the stretch, yes. Um, but him, Chris Leak, Danny Werfel. I mean, just go down the list. It's just team. It, you know what? It's the, I, I think, okay, you go into the University of Florida. Hold on. 888-346-9144. Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in the studio. We got Deborah Debris. Don't forget, we got Alex. Uh, we got Clancy's Corner uh, somewhere down the show. Mm-hmm. Down and Dirty with Deborah. We got that, Deborah? You got it. Okay, good stuff. <laughs> hey, it, it's with the quarterbacks in Florida, it's the competition they play. They're in the SEC, so they are playing against some of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. And that, because that division, that. that that conference right there, the SEC, uh, what is it, North and South, has always been the toughest, and you judge guys from there. You go get a lot of guys from there because they battle-tested, they they ready. So I think it's more so of who they plan in that conference, that those quarterbacks come out and they get, and then they, they're beating up on each other. Now you, like Tim Tebow, you win two championships uh, in college. Now you're taunting it as one of the uh, best quarterbacks in the uh, collegiate level. Mm-hmm. So you get to the pros, and you, and you know you can't throw. It becomes... <laughs> it, yeah, it yeah. becomes Expectations uh, are high. Yeah, yeah. They, they're high. And uh, a lot of this pressure is not Tim Tebow's fault. Oh, the yeah. the uh, media... It's, it's been all around him. Oh, yeah. yeah. The media's putting it on him. He, he, now, he's just a good guy in himself. As a person, he's just a good guy. And I don't even know him. I just know of him, what I see. Good guy. But they're putting this pressure on him like he's going to be... Joe Montana. 
Well, and the problem is the the league doesn't care. Well, they they care whether you're a good guy or not, but that's not the highest priority. The highest priority is can you play and can you win? And can I market you? Yeah, exactly. Because because yeah. simple you sell tickets, right? And simple well, thing, he's got that locked. I mean, yeah, he had the, he had the <laughs> highest year? highest selling jersey and didn't play it down. Right, and then play it down. But so now this John Fox is I feel is pressure to play this guy now. But now he's going on a week to base week to week basis. Right. To, he's starting this week against the Raiders. He's gonna get smashed up. Right. Um, but after that, it's week to week now. Yeah, he, well, he's mean, not the starter. Uh, another thing. But that, how do you skip over the number two quarterback? He was Brady Quinn. Brady <laughs> Quinn. You and he's you, a real quarterback. He's a real quarterback. Notre Dame. Why has um, Tim Tebow been in the lead two? This is the second year, and these guys are coming out now out, outperforming him because they can throw the ball. They quarterbacks. Right. You put all this stigma that you Cam Newton had a stigma that oh he's gonna get to the pros and run. Yeah, I know. He's only ran the ball when he had to. Yeah, he's passed first now, which is it's it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, and, and to Tim T. Tim Tebow defense, if you know, it's not all his. It's not all his fault. He he just he will be a great, great football player. He will, he will be a real good football player if they just put him where he belongs. Yeah. Put, put him at the H. And he needs to learn how to learn. Yeah. He needs yeah. to be able to step back, watch what's going on, and learn week to week. So he's growing because if you're stagnant or going down the tubes, I mean, you're you're not going to make it. Yeah, Everybody's a commodity. You can't you can't come in here and have a shortened playbook or uh, and think you're going to win football games against you know professional guys. The pros. Right. And then yeah, I mean, against <laughs> the pros. Another another thing that he's kind of a victim of is he has nobody on this team. Mm-mm. Like every other uh, waning, every other um, quarterback that isn't performing well, you know, in Jacksonville, Blaine Gabbert has Maurice Jones-Drew, and uh, Curtis Painter, uh, yeah, Christian Ponder has uh, Adrian Peterson. The Colts, um, Curtis Painter has Reggie Wayne, Pierre Garcon, Dallas Clark, Dwight Freeney on defense. Uh, Miami, even Brandon Marshall and Reggie Bush is still he's still better than what they have. Willis McGay, he's not going to get it done. And they, they traded away Brandon Lloyd. So right. he really has like a college football team that he's playing with right now. He does. And you know what? He's always been behind the eight ball. They want to see how he's going to respond. Maybe Denver even trying to get Andrew Luck. I don't know. Cause there's a lot of good quarterback out there, but they want to get that Andrew Luck. Now, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish up on a little bit of this. We'll get into some baseball. We got What else we have? Some San Diego Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, Let's I don't talk want to about talk that. about it. Well, I'm last sports out. We'll be back in about 90 minutes. Seconds. <laughs> flagship station for sports voice america sports tired of the same mundane talk radio show boring opinions and people not knowing or telling the truth tune into the sports life with josh and otis this show is brought to you by two men who know the good the bad and the ugly of professional sports josh and otis's experience and careers in the nfl give them access to the inside information and a reason to have a candid opinion tune into the voice america sports channel wednesdays at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific the sports life with josh and otis it's more than sports talk it's a way of life 
Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Okay, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Welcome back to Quantum Lab Sports Talk. It is November 1st, the day after Halloween. Uh, still got a little bit candy left. Actually, we, you know, it was, it was, it was a good event. And Halloween, you just watched the football game, right? Absolutely. Okay. Hey, we were talking about the uh, Tim Tebow situation, and you know a lot of things that this guy—it's it, not his fault. It's just the pressure situation that he's under. Um, he has no control over. It. And in the midst of all this, I still can't believe they passed over Brady Quinn. They went from Cal Orton to the third-string quarterback Tim Tebow, and Brady Quinn sitting in the midst. See, everybody has a good book to tell in their lifetime. This is going to be a book right here, and yeah. it's going to be come from Brady Quinn. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, and this is another thing, and it's another ploy by um, the Denver, the higher ups in Denver. They're getting the fans are getting what they want. Everybody's getting what they want. So either way, it's a win-win. Either they're going to get rid of Tebow, or he's going to do well, which he obviously hasn't so far. And well, they they beg for they was Tebow, Tebow, yeah. chanting yeah. Tebow. Well, they beg for this guy. Now look what's happening. Do you yeah. thought he was going to be a quarterback in the National Football League with a shortened playbook? Every year he would have to have a shortened playbook. You got to schematically put things up for him. To be successful, but you're not going to be able to do that. You got to draw it on the field. You got, yeah. He's on. He will have to say in the dirt, get in the huddle, right. putting his finger in the grass. You go here, you go here. If I run over here, you do this, right. you do that. Let's go old school yeah. on it. Yeah. He's going to have to do that. That's going to have to be his playbook. The way That's I see the it. thing. He's uncomfortable, and his decision making is just not there under pressure. No, he, he's not ready. And then, and then his when he when he's under pressure, his mechanics go back to where they were in college. Yeah. So. Well, and under pressure, you go back to you know what you your survival instincts, which is like you said, going back to what he did in college. Right. And college doesn't work in the NFL. College, it doesn't work in the NFL unless you are a punt returner, and that's all you got to do is catch the ball and run. All right. So, all right, we got you want you got anything else on that? I just I, I, I kind of see him as the new age Rudy. You know, everybody's rooting for him. I love and, Rudy. What yeah, you talking about? No, I'm I know everybody's rooting for him. He's never done a bad thing. All he has a great work ethic. He's just not good before we, at what he's doing. <laughs> You know, before he's we, not as little uh, as Rudy, but before yeah, he's like six two, right? Uh, he's a big boy. Yeah, he's he, yeah, he should be an H back. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, H back. Sure. And linebackers will have problems with him. Yeah. He, all those linebackers run just as fast as uh, defensive backs or safeties. Um, and before we get on to this, what if you was Tim Tebow and the whole world is talking bad about him? I'm sure the whole world's been talking bad about him for a while. About yeah. it's yeah. never good enough. Yeah. He's never going to make it to the NFL. Yeah, he's scoring all these touchdowns most, against most who? of the world, most right. of the country. Let's say the country because uh, we we tried the world stuff. Even though Voice America is all over the world, they, we've got football over in London. That's the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. That's the <laughs> stupidest. Another topic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. people the, get so many people get injured at Wembley. It's just so which, which one is the worst, stupidest or dumbest? 
Because I'm going to ask Samaj, because Samaj used those words. She words said like dumbest? She's just, Samaj used words. I haven't okay. heard. She talked like the cartoon. I hope she's like, listening right having, now. It's like having Dame Bramage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Samaj talked like the cartoons. Uh, all right, let's anyway. So going back to what do you do if you're Tebow? You know, one of the things is you've got you've to realize you either listen to what everybody else is telling you or you listen to who you really think you are. Yeah. You know, and if you've got your self-identity in place and you really know who you are as a player, then you've got to build on that. You know, and he's not doing that. And he, I think Tim Tebow was going to prove everybody right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's just going to be at a different position. He, he's a player. He's a player. This guy knows how to win. Let's get into the San Diego Chargers, the uh, Kansas City <coughs> Chiefs. That's the Monday Night Football. San Diego Chargers visit Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this game goes into overtime. Um, that's not anything special because playing in Kansas City is always a tough place to play. Sure. I played there, and I don't care if, you know, you was 12-1 and one and the Chiefs were 1-12. and 12. That was going to be a good game. They have the most loyal fans. They're always out there. You guys have seen it on TV from day one since the since they won the uh, World uh, Super Bowls and stuff like that. Their fans are always out there in zero-degree weather. Uh, but it was a lot of turnovers in this game. And, and the, m- the most important part of that, outside of the turnovers, one of them being that the botch snap that Phillip mm-hmm, Rivers right. has on the 15 yard line. Mm, 48 seconds left. 48 yeah. seconds left. They didn't do the, the superchargers with nothing super about them until the third quarter when they put up nine points. And then they put, when in the fourth quarter, they got a touchdown and two point conversion. Mm-hmm. So it was that, uh, 17 points in those three quarters, which ties the game up. Yeah, he botches, he botches the snap. On a 15-yard line, this is a routine thing that he does. He haven't done, and and I see a lot of uh, Philip Rivers pressure. I've never seen him press this much. I've never seen him that stressful or animated after every play. And I don't know what accounts it is because before this, what we used to seeing a, a Philip Rivers do is go out there and be surgical, pass the ball across the field. Uh, but his balls have been high after every play. He's uh, I don't think he adjusted well in this game. When uh, Roman Cromwell, the defense coordinator, they doubled his best guy. Well, and they showed him on the sidelines, you know, they could read lips and stuff that he was saying, you know, worst thing ever. Yeah. You know, I mean, and he was just mentally not prepared. So mm. when you aren't prepared mentally, you go back to being mechanical instead of going from your instincts. So everything gets slowed down and nothing works like it's supposed to. Yeah, and, I, and that's unfortunate because this guy, all he has to win, do is win the Super Bowl and he's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Win a Super Bowl. You can if you're leading the NFL in turnovers. 14, 11 picks, yeah. three, fumble, three fumbles lost. He threw for 369 yards and zero touchdowns. Zero touchdowns. That's not Phillip Rivers. <laughs> no, it's not. I, you know, the, the Chargers in recent history since about 06 are known uh, for starting slow. So they start slow, they start slow, they get on a they get on a run and make the playoffs. That's just what it is. Right. And now Phillip Rivers is the only one that's starting slow. I mean, Ryan Matthews is 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 doing much better than he did last year. He's, yeah, he's, he's doing he's established, better. But he's established himself. But I can't believe they said this was a replacement for Ladanian. I know Ladanian's been there. He, what did he leave in his tenth year, ninth year? He left there in his ninth year. You can't say this guy's losing a step. Fix the fix everything else around him. Yeah. No, I. I and, and he has to change his game also because you know nine years you do. I, I take that back. You do lose a step in nine years, but you you were a lot smarter than you were right. uh, in your first year. Yeah, but he had nagging injuries also. Yeah. He started. He got that injury bug, and he just couldn't. I well, mean, it, running out of bounds, he was so genius for never getting that extra two yards and just running out of bounds. He had the best stiff arm I've ever seen in football, ever, ever. I watched him take 
linebackers to the ground like like it was a wrestling move, like, like the claw. You you watch Black Jack Mulligan. <laughs> you ever watch wrestling? Black Jack Mulligan just take him down with the claw That's to that. the ground. I, I've never seen anything like that. I'm like, how he does that? Well, he was a special player, so it's always gonna be it's always gonna be a, a downfall from him with Ryan. Ma- but Ryan Matthews is the same kind of player. Absolutely not. You drunk? No. What is? Well, no. He, but I'm saying he can catch. He, he can catch out of the backfield. He's I, quick. LT. I can catch out of the backfield, and I'm quick right now. I'll never do what LT does. I'm not saying he is LT. I'm saying he's the same type of player. LT fumbled the ball so many times his first two years. Yeah, well, and just and just yeah. like Ryan Matthews, so it's a learning process. Not not LT is he's he's above it. He's the shoulders above what Ryan Matthews will be. He's a guy who never got to the uh, super, well, never won't win the Super Bowl. But he's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. His numbers and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And so I, it's hard for me to say that uh, Phillip Rivers might not go. I think if he stays on the pace, because he had plenty of opportunities to break, uh, was it Dan Marino's records? The, the, yeah, the, yeah. And so, yeah, and so has, um, uh, oh, my God, Drew Brees. Drew Brees yeah. But Drew Brees has a Super Bowl. Drew, uh, Drew Brees has his Super Bowl. Well, that was another that was another problem that, that San Diego made. They shouldn't they should never let him go. They shouldn't let shoulder him. surgery. Oh, so I uh, was there. Sorry, that, I was there that year. I'm like, how you do that? But Philip Rivers came in and he was a Philip Rivers. He's a good guy. You 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 want you want to sit by this guy in the locker? We we sat by each other. He's a good guy. He's quiet. Um, you know, when after the, all these years, you got to become a leader at some point. Uh, but he was quiet, and now I just see all these antics I see on the field now that I didn't see there. But he still can throw the football. He still has a grasp of what they want to do offensively, and, and one of the better quarterbacks in the league. But he's not in that. And we can still put Peyton Man there, having not played in the game this year. Brady, uh, Breeze, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Rodgers, and, and even the clown in Pittsburgh, uh, Roethlisberger. <laughs> Well, now he's got to remember what did he do right before, mm-hmm. and he's got to remember that and relive it right here, right now, in on pra- you know during practice, so that he can bring it next week on the field. Yeah, and I mean another thing is that, that North Turner is never looked at as the problem. He's always his job safe. Ages, his job safe. His job safe. Get him out of there. There Who, is North th- Turner. There is a, there is the glue, the adhesive to this team has been missing. That's why they they've they led they were number one in offense and number one in defense last year. Yeah, and, and they make, finished nine and seven. Yeah, that, that's, that's coaching. Crazy. That is coaching. Get Bill Cowher in there. Get Jeff Fisher in there. Get somebody that will scream at these guys and get them get that passion that's lacking. The, those are pretty good coaches. Coaches you name and Sandy even John Gruden. God, John Gruden would John turn Gruden. that team around in hey, a second. No, he can't even remember. He Ram uh, Matthews was in the game. He didn't even know that was him running the football. And he's, he's being a commentator and being a coach is different. Being a commentator, <laughs> you got to see everything. You in the booth, you should see who's running the football. That's that's beside the point. Which point was that? <laughs> that's beside the point. Which John Gruden? Beside? John Gruden is a mean. Cor- uh, he's a mean coach. Nobody likes John Gruden. He, he's the, a, nobody likes him. You got to like Turner, your coach. North Turner is not the answer there. North Turner, and, and uh, let me tell you that he's a good. You're right. As a head coach, he has his hands on everything. He has to. But he's a um, pretty good offensive coordinator. He can call those plays, but he, that's why he had somebody around him to do the defense. At what point do you stop blaming the coach? Now, I'm not saying. Start I'm or not stop. Saying, start or stop blaming. Stop blaming the coach. I'm not saying you're wrong. In what, when in they what start winning. 
So the players are never going to be wrong. They're playing. Un- no, no, no. I'm saying in this are, instance, because these saying, grown men. In this instance, they're playing uninspired football, and the inspiration either comes from the quarterback or from the coach. I, I, never I had, disagree. I, yeah, I inspiration never comes from you. Yeah. Period. Now you can be further inspired by the coach. You can be further inspired by the quarterback. But if each individual player at this level, with the money they're making and the knowledge they have, if they don't know how to inspire themselves, they ought to get out of the league. You never had to get me motivated to play a football game. The football game itself was motivation enough. Now, what inspires you to go? through your day to day uh, being the best that I can at what, I, what I'm doing so, but you gotta take steps to do that yeah. you, it's, it's things you do it's things you keep in your mind this is like little minor goals you write little minor goals that's down that's internal and, and, yeah but there needs my point is there needs to be a leader there needs to be a leader and inspiration comes with looking to a leader there can't be a bunch of individuals on a field and build inspiration personal inspiration and a team inspiration is completely different I would agree now you do need the cohesiveness and I agree with you on that there needs to be the individual inspiration you need to be able to bring it yourself even if your leader isn't inspired on that particular day and you get better and better when you have that cohesiveness of leaders within the team that can bring the team together cohesively to get out there and do what they know that they can do right which is completely lacking right now well, there's no reason they should be four and three right now i, I don't think so either that thing uh worst case these, these guys should be five and two five and two they shouldn't have lost to the jets they almost lost to minnesota they all i mean they're playing just because they're four and three. Yeah, football is football, and they've always played teams that they were better than, uh, and then lost those three mm-hmm. games, uh, except New England. They played the Patriots in 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 Boston. Right, and they should have lost that one. I mean, and they have Green Bay staring them in the face. Next, I mean, they have Green, up next. Yeah, at so home, they can beat Green Bay. They can beat Green Bay. They're they're that good enough team. They can beat Green Bay, but you can't make those mistakes and expect to beat Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is surgical, right? And he has a defense that's just as good as he is. Uh, that backs him up when he makes those mistakes. Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of mistakes now, but he's good enough to overcome them. So we'll take a break. Why am I supposed to talk? Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in the studio. We we'll come back. Let's do a little uh, Clancy corner. We come right. back. Hopefully, I don't take the whole segment. We'll be back. <laughs> Mark is okay. We'll be back in ninety seconds. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. What does building a family mean to you? Nobody has experienced the pain and joy of family life in a way that Freddie Scott has. And his experiences in life, in sports, and business can help you create a successful family future. We'll cover many aspects of family building and management with a focus on fatherhood. Men and women want their families to succeed during these tough times. Our show will give you hope for the future and practical tools for a successful family. Tune in to The Freddie Scott Show, tackling the game of life, Mondays at Noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. We got Kwame in the studio with Alex Clancy and Deborah Debris. It's time for Clancy's Corner. Today I want to talk about a book written by Jeff Perlman, uh, who's a writer for Sports Illustrated. It's entitled Sweetness and written about maybe the best running back of all time, Walter Payton. Right when, right when it's put on the shelves, this book just bred controversy. To most, Walter Payton was the ideal athlete. Perfect on the field, perfect off the field, in the public eye at least. In his, in, in his private life, however, he was a troubled man. After retiring from football, he developed a prescription pill addiction. Also portrayed a man who was lost without the game he loved so much. Without football, his life had no structure, which was a huge problem for him. He put on a smile in public for his adoring fans and friends. However, it was seemingly all a facade. He told people he still worked out, but he didn't. He told people he stopped eating red meat to, kill him, to keep himself lean, when in fact he ate more McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King than anyone could imagine. The most controversial of all, however, was the appearance of another woman that he was seeing consistently, even though he was married with two kids. He tried to buy a part of an NFL team, but it fell through. These are just thing upon thing that went wrong for him after football. And on top of all of that, on what was supposed to be the most important day of his NFL career, when he was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame, he was in a panic thinking about his wife and his woman on the side being in the same room together. Instead of enjoying his last one true moment in the spotlight, his mind was churning with the idea that his life could take another turn for the worse. Again, this is a story about the whole man. It shows that just because someone's flawless on the field, so to speak, doesn't mean that the perfection correlates off the field. And Walter Payton is a prime example of that. Now, people are outraged that Perlman wrote this book about after Walter Payton's death. Most, the most popular reason why is because people say he couldn't defend himself. And I see it differently. First off, it took Perlman three years to write this book. He interviewed over 700 people in order to get the true and whole story about Walter Payton. You're telling me that this book is full of complete falsehoods after talking to that many people about one guy? Come on. This is a book about a man. Not a legend, not a Hall of Fame athlete that signed every autograph when he was asked to. Granted, football is a part of this book, but it's not the main focus. It's a story about a troubled, lost, depressed man whose saving grace was reliving his moments in the spotlight and taking the time out to throw catch with people that, are, that ask for autograph at times. He touched the lives of so many people with his infectious smile and warm, caring personality, but unfortunately for him, without football, he couldn't function in the day-to-day -day grind of a quote-unquote normal life. Now, Kwame, you said you met him. What was your take on him when you met him? I didn't uh, get into all his personal life. Sure. I didn't, I didn't do all that. But when I met him, we, we were playing in the, uh, <clears throat> I think we were playing the Chicago Bears. We was here at the uh, Sun Devil Stadium when Buddy Ryan was the coach. You know, Buddy Ryan being uh, coming from the Eagles, then going to or Chicago or vice versa, um, having ties with this guy, uh, he brought him into the locker room. When I met him, he was sick. He was, uh, he was what he had. He was coming down with everything. He was small, looked different, mm -hmm. and I still look at him like, man, this is the greatest running back of all time, or one of them, because you still have Jim Brown, arguably, but I thought he was the greatest, the way he played and approached the game. <clears throat> Never knew anything about his personal life, uh, but I still thought that's Walter Payton. So I, 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 I'm a fan just as, as I was even when I was playing. I'm just even more a fan now because uh, I can sit back and watch a lot of these guys. And I thought Walter Payton was that guy. It was one of those guys you saw on TV growing up. It was like when I met Tony Dorsett after, as a kid, watching him run 99 yards against the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football. It was one of those moments right there uh, where I say, like, wow, that's Walter Payton. Yeah. Uh, and never knowing about his personal life, uh, really, I can't say I care much about his personal life because as, an, as a fan, 
Why do I need to know all that? Right, and that's that's the whole upheaval about it. Is this guy's perfect in the eyes of Chicagoans, still and probably will always be, because many of them won't read this book, because they don't they don't want their their star to be tarnished, and it just shows that life is tough even for people that that make money and that play that play a sport for a living that are prolific in their craft. Off the field things just it, it doesn't correlate on the field off the field. Well, and that's the thing I always look at, too, as we're looking at the college players and that coming up as well. It's looking at that whole athlete and how are we building an individual as a whole athlete so they don't have to suffer so much off the field, that on the field isn't their only life. And when they leave the league, whether it's the NFL or the NBA or whatever sport that they might be in, that they leave as a whole human being able to face whatever else is going on in their life and not just rely on that one thing that's so important to them. Let me ask you guys a question. Uh, as a fan of any sport or any person, anybody, um, do you think you should know more about them off their field, off the court, off the uh, diamond? You should know any more about their personal life than you need to know other than being a fan and say, well, I should know where he eats dinner every night. I should know his kids or, or things like that, his his family. I, should I, still know look, I still look at him as a human being. You know, I can't get past the fact that these players, it's like looking at the executive at a corporation. You know, I don't go into their home. I don't care about what they eat. I want to know, are they doing what they're supposed to do and what they're getting paid to do? And it's not my business. Right. I mean, I'm not. I'm, it, I don't it makes judge. for good news, but it makes for good news and a good story. Sorry, Alex, no. but it makes for good news, good story uh, to know all that. But I'm like, Deborah, you probably said it right, correctly. Are you doing what you're supposed to do from what you're getting paid to do? Right. Uh, in football, you can entertain. Uh, and, and this is uh, uh, Clancy's corner uh, on Walter Payton and his life, legacy, and the story behind him. Uh, with personal and athletically. Yeah, I, and you know, this doesn't mean that I'm, I don't judge people for their, for, for the stuff that people aren't supposed to know about. Unfortunately, nowadays, media tells you everything as it is, so you don't really even have to, to dive in that much to find out about infidelity and, and drug use and everything, especially with, uh, with public figures. And I, I read their countless little anecdotes. Like there was one where his, um, he, he was on a flight and he found out, he found out there was a kid that, um, had some sort of uh, debilitating disease. They were sitting. He went back and talked to him for 20 minutes. Told him he was a hero. Told him to keep fighting. And this kid's 25 years old now and and living a normal life. So like, there's oh, there's a lot of great positive stories about him, and it's not just about you know all of the all of the bad things that that were talked about. And I think I ate more McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King <laughs> when I played. <laughs> When people love to dig into the dirt, yeah, you know, yeah. and yet as a human being, I would rather have the hope and see how the players like Kwame, you've got your foundation. You know, so many of the players, I went to uh, Kalias's event, uh, his 25th birthday party, mm-hmm. when he's dealing, you know, working with the kids and doing it from a very ground level. And to hear those type of stories about a Walter Payton or anybody else, that's endearing to me. That's the type of stories I want to hear. Sure. Because, I mean, a lot of times he had all the right to not talk to anybody. Right. You know, he's, he's like, I don't need to be a role model. You know, I'm, 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 I'm good at my craft, and I'm a, I'm a Hall of Famer, but I don't need to be nice. I don't need to sign autographs. I don't need to do all these things. And he did it out of the goodness of his heart. He, he still walks up and down. There was another thing that they talked about, about how he just told stories. People asked him, he probably, people probably asked him every question 10,000 times in his life, and he happily answered it every time. You know, and yeah, I, I think uh, when you become that guy, you don't you don't have to be a role model, but you you are being watched by kids. Kids sure. are so influenced uh, by what you're doing, uh, 
And I'm more so of the positive side. I think you do have to sign autographs. I think you were that guy when you were that when you was 12 years old. You had a favorite athlete. You had a favorite person. And then you have to be in sports that you wanted to take a picture with. You want to autograph with. And then when someone say, "I don't sign autographs," it it, it, it kind of bothered me. I, I kind of oh, still sure, wait. No, I still wait from people. But when you want um, uh, sports talks and the positive side, what guys doing? Uh, you can go to uh, Gil Tyree on Voice America Sport. He has a a positive uh, sports pub uh, that you can listen to, and that's and that's usually where I stay. I stay a lot. Uh, I listen to a lot of is a uh, positive what these guys are doing because I've heard so much bad. Not that I. You know, if I'm driving in the car and, and it's uh, and it's on the radio, I won't listen to it. But I'm thinking, like, what was the story about and why did the story come out? Or right. how did it come out? Sometimes, athletes, we bring it on ourselves. And why should they have to lay their, li- their life on the line when we don't have to lay ours on the line for everybody to look at? Right. You know? All right, well, that's a good uh, corner. Thank you. That was a good corner, finally. I mean, it was on the hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey, Kwame doesn't have a corner. Kwame, oh, that, oh damn, that, brings that, it. that would work, too. Yeah, Kwame don't have a corner. He just got Kwame last sports talk. Yeah. We went down in Durham with Deborah on uh, the beginning of the fourth, uh, last segment of the show. Uh, let's, Arizona Cardinals, man. Did you guys watch this game? Mm. Oh, yeah. My stomach is hurting Suffered right now. Suffered through the game. And I had to do the, uh, uh, I had to do the um, pregame and postgame to that, to that game. You do that with Friedland? I'm sorry. Do you do that with Jeremy Friedland? No, 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 no. Uh, no. Cardinals, the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals. But it was crucial after the game because these guys came out, put up 24 points in the first half of this football game on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. They did a lot of good things in that game. And you talked about Beanie Wells. I was impressed with Beanie Wells from being questionable of playing that game, coming out and playing as hard as he did. This was a this was a good game. That this was one of those games I like to see him. It looked like he stepped up from the first play to the last time he touched the ball. That he was determined to run hard. Uh, still a lot of mistakes from the quarterback, but that that's going to happen when you first time controlling your own ship and you don't have all your your paddles to row. So uh, Kevin Cobb throws interceptions. Kevin Cobb's uh, still missing on plays. His offensive line is terrible. Mm-hmm. What was more disheartening in this game? Uh, one, the fact that they lost the game. Two, they put up 24 points in the first half and then put up three in the second. If you put up six, you win the football game. Yeah, unfortunately, two of those, one was off a fumble by Joe Flacco, I think in the red zone, and then the other one was a, a punt return. So it wasn't exactly like their offense was performing. Yeah. They, they got a couple junk cut touchdowns, which is great. You know, obviously you take anything you can in the NFL. Um, he threw a touchdown pass early due set, which was great, and then... It stopped Ray Rice, stopped the Ravens, and they couldn't. No. Three touchdowns. I think it was only like 65 yards, 65 well, yards rushing yeah. and three touchdowns. That's, that's, it's unacceptable. That's stopping him. That's stopping Ray Rice. Three, 65 yards, but three touchdowns. They he were, also uh, had 40 yards receiving, so yeah. he had 100 all-purpose yards and three touchdowns. Which I, would, I, can, I think I can live with that defense uh, because the Cardinals have a better defense than you think. we got two minutes to break. They have a better defense than you think. As far as stopping the run, the pass defense stinks. Yeah, pass Patrick de- Peterson played a little bit better. I mean, he yeah. had he had a couple of good couple of good plays last week. And, and the special teams, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They, you're supposed to score on special teams, stop stop teams from scoring on their special mm-hmm. teams, uh, and control field position. So sure. you're supposed to be able to do those things. And, and Patrick Peterson, that's just part of football. We got points from our special teams. We like to uh, get points, more points from our uh, offense. Uh, we need to stop teams from scoring 27 and 30 points on us defensively. 
And I, I would I agree with you. I like the fact that Beanie Wells played the entire game. I mean, he played to the last time he touched the ball, which was phenomenal. It was so painful for me to watch the interviews after the game. Yeah. And to see these guys that are just hurting so bad internally, knowing that they've got talent, knowing that they've got the desire and the work ethics, and they just can't put it together. But that's unfortunate. Look, we'll take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to get down and dirty with Deborah. Hey, this is Kwamala Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in the studio, Deborah. We'll be back in 90 seconds. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports have become a big part of everyone's lives today. We all have that team that we live and breathe to follow. We watch hours of football on TV, play Madden sports on our gaming system, and our wives can't seem to tear us from the couch. If this sounds like you, or if you're a football wife who wants a few words, we want to hear from you. Listen for Life, Love, and Sports, featuring your host, Ron Dixon. Ron takes you inside the world of sports and finds out what you, the fan, are talking about today. Listen Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the show. This is Formula Sports Talk. I thought Deborah, she was in her zone. I thought she was going to open it up, but she was in her zone. Uh, we are live. We about to get down and dirty with Deborah, uh, and um, hopefully she pronounced my name right. Whenever she said, if she said, not like Alex did uh, in his clown, corner. Clown, clown. Hey, who I, I know who butters my bread. So. <laughs> <laughs> So down and dirty with Deborah. I mean, this is getting raw and real and bringing it from my point of view. And what really frustrated me over this last, well, <laughs> several weeks is that when I see teams and individual players as well, that they keep coming back with the same game they've had before. They're playing the game in the same way that they played before, and they seem to have the same mindset. And you can't make a change if you've got the same mindset that got you to where you are right now. And I look at the you know, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, Tony Romo, Tebow, the Colts. I mean, you name them, there's a bunch of them out there that they're just imploding on themselves. And they're doing it, as I mentioned in the last segment, I mean, it's not because they lack talent. 
They've got talent, they've got desire, they've got work ethics, but emotions are always going to rule. And if they don't know how to manage their emotions, then they're going to keep going down that path. So the one thing you got to do is have belief in yourself. As we mentioned a little bit earlier, you've got to believe in yourself so that you can be part of the team and believe in the team as a whole. When you change your belief, you change your behavior, which is going to change your outcome. And you cannot change your belief by talk. It just is not going to happen. You can't sit around and tell yourself and have the coaches tell you, well, you've got to make a change. You know better. Do this. Do that. It's not going to change that underlying belief. It's not going to make you consistent. You've got to be able to see it and feel it and believe it so you can actually do it on the field. One of the things that I was really impressed with this last week is um, LaShawn McCoy on the post game when the Eagles just blew out the Cowboys. And he was asked a question about what did they do in their bye week that made them so different coming onto the field this time. And he said the emphasis was on each player being focused on taking care of their own job and not worrying about what the next man was doing. And I believe that, you know, as I talk about moment-to-moment play, you've got to be able to manage every single moment yourself and let every other player on your team do the same thing and still have the cohesiveness that Alex and I were debating about earlier as well. So you've got to go to the core of the problems, not deal with the symptoms, and these guys have got to get down to their individual beliefs and being able to believe in themselves so they can believe in the team. So I'm curious about your guys' opinions on that. Uh, let me ask you this, um, and you mentioned the the inner part of it and um, and doing your part and believing in yourself to change everything you're doing differently, um, how, how do you explain Tony Romo? Uh, you talked about the Eagles, and that is that is good what LaShawn McCoy said, going back to the basics, go doing, uh, taking care of you first so you can be a part of this team and expanding more on winning the game or, or being a part of the puzzle, uh, if you will. But how, how do you explain the Dallas Cowboys, more so Tony Romo, making the same mistakes over and over and over. And then this was a team that arguably uh, some will say they were going to make the playoffs, and they may still make the playoffs. This is a long right, season. Right, they can turn it like anybody else. But then they have a, um, then they have this, uh, you know. He played one of the worst games ever this yeah. last time. I think so. I think he potentially can play one of his worst games ever every Sunday, but Tony Romo still makes a mistake. So the, is it the management that needs evaluation? He's got... Um, and with other players I look at as well, is, you know, the brain works in patterns. And he's got a pattern going right right now, an emotional pattern and a thought pattern that's keeping him and holding him back from being able to play at his best. And until he changes his belief about that, his internal, and I mean deep down internal belief about who he is and what he's capable of, he can say all the right words, he can be an emphatic, you know, guy of positive thinking, and it's still not going to make any difference until he changes his beliefs about what he really can do on that field and then prove it to himself by action. It's kind of like a uh, liar, uh, somebody who's a professional liar. Absolutely. He's uh, He could say something, I could say something to you, Alex, and as soon as I'm out of your face, it didn't even matter to me. I'm doing what I've been doing. Yeah, uh, Tony Romo, I think if he wasn't playing in Dallas, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. I think the fans... Well, he'd still be the quarterback. Yes, even more. I think even more so somewhere else because he is a good quarterback. He is a good quarterback, and his ever since he muffed that um, muffed that uh, field goal placement in Seattle game. Yeah, in, in the, the, the playoff playoffs. game, it's been a stigma. He needs to overcome. I mean, he needs to win a Super Bowl but, for people to forget about it. But here's the problem: wherever you go, there you are. 
So whatever team he's playing with, when this is a pattern that's in him, he's going to take that pattern with him wherever he goes. Now, he may get, make it different or better support and be able to shift that someplace else. I don't know. But until he does his internal work to actually shift it within him, he's never going to be able to show it out on and, the field. And you got Don Meredith, Roger Staubach, uh, Troy, Aikman. Troy Aikman, Danny White. You have these quarterbacks that he's playing behind. Uh, that he's not living up to their yeah, height. There's a legacy that he's not living up to, and that's that's my point, is that if he goes somewhere else, it'll be a clean slate. Tom Rasa. He probably I, can go somewhere else. I don't mean to call you off. No, no. Not, not really. But uh, he, um, you know what? If he goes to a, it, it, it could have traded for him. Um, he he wouldn't do well in, in Indianapolis. Indianapolis is the bad team. They got the Peyton Manning stigma, but I, I don't know what's going on through his well, head that he continue makes these mistakes. So that's another thing. You look at the Colts. You know, you've got you know the all of a sudden your your top guy, your quarterback, who's supposed to be you know winning games for you, is sitting on the sideline right now. They've got a whole pattern. The entire team has a pattern going on right now that they can't play without him. So they're, they're proving it true. You know, whatever you believe, you're going to prove it to be true, and you're going to make sure that that happens. And you don't, half the time, 98% of the time, we don't even know what stories are going on in our heads, but we're living them out anyway, so we've got the consequences of our beliefs. Right, and you know what? I agree, I agree with that because uh, when you think about something you want it so bad, it, it usually it usually happens because you put some more thought of it. That's the universe coming in. Uh, mm. That's the connecting with the universe, and it's usually at 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, I say a.m. in the morning. It's usually at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, everything centers around that time. And I could explain a little bit more, but this is a sports show. Well, but, but I would agree with you because mm-hmm. even at 3 a.m. in the morning, mm-hmm. that's when you're you're in a half-wake state. So you're in that alpha state, mm-hmm. which is when you can do your greatest creativity, which is, you know, whenever I do my imagination with the guys so they can see themselves confident, clear, and winning, that they start to believe it because they're retraining their brain to actually believe it to be true, and then they can make it true out on the field. This is Down and Dirty with Deborah. Last segment, we got about two and a half minutes, 888 you want to chime in, join the show, ask Deborah any question, or give us a call or check the fan page. Alex? Um, oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know what you're asking me. <laughs> Would you get down? We were down in the early segment with Deborah. Okay, you don't have any. We're going to arm wrestle. That's <laughs> no, what we're going to no, do. No, you're going to analyze uh, Alex for a couple of the se- segments. Oh, really? But we go. But we will. When we go to two hours, we're gonna have a. We're gonna have quite a few times, and then that'll be a whole segment of uh, down and dirty. We will have a whole segment with uh. Say it. We'll have two. Say minutes, it. We have two minutes with Alice. Hey, Corner. get out of here with that, Alice Corner. Because if you're gonna read whole books like you just did, uh, uh about Walter. Don't be Bay, jealous. That it sounded good. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm getting text saying that was an interesting topic. You know? So I'm saying that's good yeah. stuff. I told you it was good, but don't be break your arm, patting yourself on the back. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, come on, I'm not. <laughs> that's okay. Lean over here. I'll do it for you. But no, I, I like. I like that you had met him. I mean, that that definitely. Yeah, I did meet him. But I, you know, I, I like the segment. I like the down and dirt. We got to get the call in, so and we can ask all the questions we want. But we got to get the. Uh, we have a call in segment. We'll get some texts, text yeah. messages oh, 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 out yeah. there. Ask some questions. Get on my Facebook page and ask me some questions. Or right, because you can uh, Twitter me at Kwame Lasseter. There you go. And 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 that and all of us have Twitter. Alex, what's your Twitter? Clancy's Corner. Alex Clancy's yeah, Corner. It's Deborah uh, underscore Dubree. At Twitter, Twitter.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we get some Twitter, and that's just like, and we do it. We could do that during the week also, and then exactly. we'll write those questions down. Uh, do it on the fan page, Alex. I guess you Facebook junkie, right? Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Um, uh, we'll do that. 
This was a good show. Um, I wanted to talk. Uh, we, did we miss anything? We leave anything? Tony LaRusso. Tony LaRusso. God oh, damn. LaRusso. 30 yeah. seconds. Tony LaRusso wins the World Series. I understand why he, a uh, manager, of the, retired with 35 games to become the second leading uh, uh, winning manager. Uh, stressed out. He looked stressed out this whole year. He won the World Series when he shouldn't even have been there. Right. Congratulations to Tony LaRusso and the St. Louis Cardinals and Albert Pujols. Real quick, Alex, Alex Pujols would not be there. Uh, three World Series champions, three AL Manager of the Year, one NL Manager of the Year, third uh, all-time Major League in victories, um, and the other two guys haven't. Uh, the, the last guy that won a game was in 1950. 1950. Those other two guys. Oh we. All right, this is the Quamalas Sports Talk. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. We will be back next week. I think next week. I believe next week we are on at 10 o'clock. Uh, daylight savings It doesn't change uh, For Arizona Yeah That's 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time Where's 9 No 9 Pacific 9 Pacific Standard Time 10 Mountain 10 Mountain Something like that Check out the fan page you, we, We'll do it like, Check out the Voice America Expert Network uh, You'll find all the information there We'll be back next week Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.